I hope you enjoy this latest episode of Blue Talks, where we join Emily Harrison sharing her message and personal story from late 2019 on site at the Harvard Graduate School of Education delivering her Blue Talk. share with you today what the Akashic Records are, how you can access them, and why they're important. And I know we have a very intellectual group here, so if any of you know Simon, do not tell him I ended with why. <laughs> I feel like he's going to disapprove, and it would be very cool if you watched this video. Okay, so what are the Akashic Records? The records are the realm of consciousness where every single detail of information has been programmed and stored. Okay, every single detail of your past, your present, all possible futures. The future exists in infinite possibility. So you can look at this as a matrix of information. Okay, I shared with you before, this is not recorded from the same way that we experience our life. From a very polar perspective, it's rather recorded from a space of neutrality. So when we learn to tap into this supercomputer, we begin to realize we have access to incredible information. How many of you have heard of the Akashic Records before? Ah, so I'm speaking to the right crowd. This is a relatively new concept coming online for many people in the modern world. However, it's not a new concept here on our planet. We have had evidence of the Akashic Records Throughout every civilization in history, our ancient references show us that the Egyptian and Tibetan books of the dead both referenced the realm of the Akash and the Akashic records, as well as the Mayan long count calendars. More modern day references, I grew up very Southern Baptist, all up in the church, Sunday morning, Sunday night. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. I was teaching Bible school. I was deeply immersed in what we consider modern day religion. And I remember the pastor talking about a book of life. This is the Akashic Records. Okay. We also have a very beautiful but very rare scientific account in the Universal One, which I brought this book with me. This book is out of print right now, so you got to know somebody to get your hands on it. One of the very, very few scientific journals. I hope you enjoy this latest episode of Blue Talks, where we join Emily Harrison sharing her message and personal story from late 2019 on site at the Harvard Graduate School of Education delivering her Blue Talk. <laughs> share with you today what the Akashic Records are, how you can access them, and why they're important. And I know we have a very intellectual group here, so if any of you know Simon, do not tell him I ended with why. <laughs> I feel like he's going to disapprove, and it would be very cool if you watched this video. Okay, 
So what are the Akashic Records? The records are the realm of consciousness where every single detail of information has been programmed and stored. Okay, every single detail of your past, your present, all possible futures. The future exists in infinite possibility. So you can look at this as a matrix of information. Okay, I shared with you before, this is not recorded from the same way that we experience our life. From a very polar perspective, it's rather recorded from a space of neutrality. So when we learn to tap into this supercomputer, we begin to realize we have access to incredible information. How many of you have heard of the Akashic Records before? Ah, so I'm speaking to the right crowd. This is a relatively new concept coming online for many people in the modern world. However, it's not a new concept here on our planet. We have had evidence of the Akashic Records throughout every civilization in history. Our ancient references show us that the Egyptian and Tibetan books of the dead both referenced the realm of the Akash and the Akashic Records, as well as the Mayan long count calendars. More modern day references, I grew up very Southern Baptist, all up in the church, Sunday morning, Sunday night. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. I was teaching Bible school. I was deeply immersed in what we consider modern day religion. And I remember the pastor talking about a book of life. This is the Akashic Records. Okay. We also have a very beautiful but very rare scientific account in the Universal One, which I brought this book with me. This book is out of print right now, so you got to know somebody to get your hands on it. One of the very, very few scientific journals that share all about the etheric field. Okay? We also see evidence of the Akashic Records in the journals of some of the greatest minds to ever change our planet. Nikolai Tesla, Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein, all referenced moving into the Akashic Records to have expanded creativity, to assimilate knowledge and put together ideas that didn't present themselves, didn't show themselves in our everyday life. There is so much energy, so much possibility here that we cannot see. Of the electromagnetic spectrum of energy, a human being can perceive 0.003%, that is three thousandths of 1%, with your five senses. So there's a lot left out there for us, right? Let's talk about how the Akashic Records are accessed. Don't you guys want to know yeah. how you get in? Woo. All right, you got to have superpowers. Yeah. All right. We already talked about a little bit of all of these areas today. We've talked about perspective. We've talked about imagination. We've talked about meditation. I'm excited to go a little deeper from my perspective into those areas. And we're gonna start with perspective, okay? Here at Harvard University, this is one of the most iconic institutions for learning. I got one more. <laughs> Woo! My agent called me up one day and she said, Emily, 
you've got this audition for Saved by the Bell. I'm like, yes! I grew up watching Zach and Kelly. I'm gonna go. And I studied so hard for this audition. I knew my lines backwards and forwards. I was so excited. But then as you get excited and you get closer and closer, like the nerves kind of start setting in. So my excitement started giving way to the nervousness, but I was still like talking myself up. I got this, I got this, I got this. And I'm sitting in a room of 50 other beautiful women, all auditioning for the same part that I am. And we're all trying not to look at each other like we're sitting in our chairs and pick up out of the corner of our eyes every now and then. Everybody just keeping to themselves. And I sat in this energy field for probably 25, 30 minutes before it was my turn to go in there. And my excitement that it started to turn into a little nerves had now turned into this bundle of icky, I don't know what it was, but this was not how I prepared to walk into this room. But I did anyway, when it was my turn and I went in and even though I wanted to do really, really well and I had prepared, I blew it, I sucked. And I was so disappointed because I wanted this job so bad. And as I was walking out of that casting office, I was getting more and more down on myself and I went back and I got in my car and something shifted somewhere. I was still feeling pretty down on myself, but I tried to start giving myself a little pep talk because that's what I do. I like to pep talk myself. And so I started saying, self, Emily, this is not why you left your friends and family and moved halfway across the country to go in there and suck and to get in your own way. You're better than that. Come on, girl. And something happened and then I turned my car around and I drove back to that Warner Brothers lot, which is unheard of in Hollywood, you get one chance. But I decided that I needed another chance. And so I drove back onto this lot and I walked back into that casting director's office and I explained to her the same pep talk that I had been giving myself in the car. This is not why I moved. I am better than this. And I gave up my whole life to be here. And I would like another chance if you would give me one. And she said, sure. And so we walked back into her office and we sat back up. And guess what happened? You got the part. No, I sucked even worse. <laughs> I put way too much pressure on myself by that point in time. But I had learned a really, really valuable lesson about myself. And it wasn't actually the pep talk that I gave myself that gave me that motivation to turn back around and go back into her office. It was a piece of information that a girlfriend had given me that had completely changed my perspective. She told me casting directors really want you to succeed. They want you to be good. Because if you're really good and they take you into their producers and directors, they look like a star, which is what we really all want to be, right? It was this piece of information that changed my perspective. And perspective opens up opportunity. I'm going to share a lot of quotes with you here, and I'm quoting myself. Wow. Woo! Right? At least it's a short quote, right? 
Thank you, Billy. Let's talk about the importance of imagination when it comes to accessing the Akashic Records. Okay. We have some great minds who obviously feel like imagination is, is a really important thing. And we've learned today that imagination helps to fuel our mind, helps to fuel our heart, helps to open us up so that we can bring in new knowledge. Turns out, imagination is also very important when it comes to communicating in these realms of consciousness where we're not using our same five physical senses like we are here on the physical planet. Imagination is key when we are working in these higher realms. And so many times, we brush off our imagination like it's something that we've made up. Back in the time of Shakespeare, imagination was known as direct connection to God. As I began my own meditation practice, and I had been meditating for quite some time, and I had moved beyond meditation as a concept to dive more into energy healing, I wanted to understand about how we could begin to move and shift these dense energies within our body. I hadn't had any formal training yet, but I had been immersed in meditation for long enough that a natural process begins to unfold. A natural consciousness begins to open in you when you begin meditating, and this is what had happened to me. And I had hit the point of my own journey where I naturally just wanted to start practicing on other people. I didn't know what I was doing. just wanted to help people. And there was a gentleman in my neighborhood who I knew just from walking his dog. And all of a sudden, I didn't see him anymore walking his dog. And then maybe six months later, he's limping down the street, walking his dog. Something must have happened to Daniel. Daniel, what happened to you? Oh, I broke my ankle. That's not healing so well. Would you like to come over for some energy healing? No idea. Where did that come from? Then he said, sure. And then I had to figure out what am I going to do with Daniel when he comes over. And so I set Daniel up on, the, on my front porch, and I propped his leg up, and I started waving a tuning fork around. I put some new special music on for him, and I'm thinking, if my husband comes home right now, I'm going to have some crazy explaining to do. <laughs> and as I was working on Daniel, just winging it, just going with whatever was coming up. The essence, the spirit of Daniel's father who had passed came into my awareness. I didn't really know what to do with this. I wasn't a, not a trained psychic. I didn't grow up psychic. These were skills that I was turning on in myself after this incredible deep practice of meditation. And so I just began to go with my imagination and just to communicate back and forth with this spirit of Daniel's father. And I began to ask questions like, what kind of healing does Daniel really need here? Why, you know, he, he's struggling. He needs healing. What's, what information can be healing to him right now that's going to affect a change in this situation? And I began to carry on a conversation with Daniel's father who had passed. And he was giving me really clear, really powerful information. And I didn't know if any of it was correct or not. I was just continuing to engage in the process. And I remember 
talking with Jay, was his name, and he actually gave me his name, which I confirmed later with Daniel, although he didn't tell me that his name was Jay. He told me his name was, in my imagination, Bob, a, sh a short name like Bob, but not Bob, but a J name. And so then I asked Daniel later, I'm like, what was your dad's name? He said, Alan. I was like, oh, I guess I got that one really wrong because he was telling me Bob, 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 but a J name, but Bob. He said, oh, my dad's middle name was J, J-A-Y. He went by J. And from that point on, I knew that a connection, a powerful connection had been made. And I began to ask more and more questions. And I began, began to ask Jay, do you show up to Daniel? Do you hang out and talk to Daniel? What, what, what is your relationship with Daniel now? And Jay said, well, I saved him when he fell and broke his ankle. And I was like, he did a terrible job. <laughs> his ankle shattered. He can't walk. It wasn't until after our session that I went back to Daniel and began to share some of this information with him. And when I shared the piece of information about how Daniel's father had said that he'd saved him, which I felt a little weird doing because it didn't really seem, like, like I said, he didn't do a very good job saving him. <laughs> Daniel's face went completely white. And he shared with me that what had happened was he had lost consciousness and he had fallen. And if he would have fallen two inches the other direction, he would have fallen down two flights of concrete stairs and likely lost his life. And his father made sure that he didn't fall down in that direction. So after this experience of simply opening up and using my imagination, not doubting myself, not getting in my own way, I realized the incredible power we have to tune in and to begin helping each other. Okay? Uh, we've already talked a little bit about meditation and how important meditation is. You want to know why meditation is so important? We got yes, of course. Yeah! We have, we have issues with our mind, people. When I first saw these statistics that the average human being has between 12 and 60,000 thoughts per day, I was so excited to be on the 60,000 side of that. I'm like a serious <laughs> overachiever. I'm like, yeah, I bet I'm at least at 56. <laughs> Until I found out the rest of this information. 80% of the thoughts that we're thinking are negative. 95% of the exact thoughts that you thought yesterday, and 95 to 99% of them are subconscious, so you don't even realize that you're thinking them. Mm -hmm. So this is what's going on inside of our brain until meditation comes in. Meditation will begin to slow down those thoughts. And we know how important thoughts are. Thoughts, thoughts are the building blocks of everything that we experience here on the planet. So meditation is incredibly important for every single one of us. You guys heard this Zen proverb before? Everyone needs 20 minutes of meditation a day unless you are too busy and then you need an hour. <laughs> this quantum field of information is available and accessible to every single person on the planet when we learn how to control our own technology.
Okay. I want to just invite you for a moment to begin to imagine a world where we all have access to the same information. Imagine a world where no one can lie to you. Furthermore, you can't lie to yourself. Imagine a world where the blueprints, the patterns of what is making up our reality, which is making up what we are experiencing makes sense to you. This is the world that I feel we're moving towards as the human potential movement really gets up and going. We begin to realize this technology right here, we've probably spent the smallest amount of time learning how to use and how to use for us. Okay? Why are the Akashic Records important? Well, when you can open up access to any amount of information in the universe, <laughs> you see why they begin to become very important. I've used these on a very personal level to not only shift my life to see things about myself, to make powerful decisions for me, but I've shared this with hundreds of students across the globe. Students who are healing themselves of physical dis-ease in their life. One of my students, Cindy, came to me to learn to read the Akashic Records and she had a very debilitating autoimmune disorder. She didn't tell me that she had this disorder. And she couldn't go out in the sun. She had spent many, many years of her life in isolation separating herself from her friends and family, separating herself from her, and she was lost. And when she went through the process of learning how to read her Akashic Records, she was able to understand why she had taken on belief systems that caused her immune system to shut down and create an environment where she had to shut off from everyone around her in order to survive. And she healed that and she shifted it. And Cindy now goes to festivals wearing tank tops and shorts and sandals because she was able to heal her life. For the past three years that I've been sharing this information, it's been truthfully mostly women who are interested in this knowledge. I have a handful of male students, but the vast majority of my students are women. I'm seeing a shift. It's not only women now, but it's men. And it's not only moms who have, uh, should, should we say moms have the time to meditate? I don't know. <laughs> a lot of moms do meditate to begin to balance their energy and to control their energy field. So I've been working with a lot of moms but I'm seeing a shift, and I'm seeing an, an excitement in the researchers and the scientists and the authors and the government officials and business professionals who want to begin using this knowledge to bring about new innovations here on our planet, to bring about advancement in medicine, to bring about new technology on our planet. The vast majority of our brain power 
our creative brain power is developing technology that we're killing each other with. <laughs> Proposing a shift. I recently got to take part in a very, very special <clears throat> research project at the California Institute for Human Science. You're going to see in the bottom picture here on the... Oh, I'm so bad at my right and left. Casey, right here. This one's Casey. <laughs> Casey Connolly is a geneticist. She had us in this copper box here. It's known as a Faraday box. And what we were doing in there is we were testing and measuring human consciousness and the effects on the body. Human consciousness. This is my other friend Sparky. Sparky, also known as Grandma Sparky, started the Blue Ribbon Movement. Very, very powerful woman. Two powerful women right here. Casey is submitting this research to be considered for a Nobel Prize. Yeah, yeah she is. And, by the way, when she measured me, I got a perfect score. <laughs> she said she'd never seen a perfect score before. Wow. I know, I was pretty pleased with myself. When we put this information in the hands of our geneticists, of our scientists, of our researchers, of our moms, our dads, our doctors, our lawyers, our politicians, and God bless you, the business entrepreneurs of the planet, the entrepreneurs of the planet will be the ones who shift and change the structures. It is not the, the politicians, it is not those who we feel like are in charge here on the planet. It's those of us who create products and services to serve our community. We decide what the future looks like. Ah, Mr. Steve Jobs. Of course, Steve Jobs brought in incredible innovations here to our planet. I'm so excited to live in a world where we all begin to tap in to the knowledge, the information, the creativity that Steve Jobs, that Albert Einstein, that Nikolai Tesla tapped into. What we can do with this knowledge and information can change the planet. I did not grow up feeling psychic. I turned these skills on. And I know that when we live in a society where we're all turned on, things are going to look a lot different. Thank you. Thank you. You can learn more about Emily Harrison at theakashicacademy.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blue Talks podcast. Remember to visit us at bluetalks.com for more information about our book series, which you can also find on Amazon, uh, more information about our live virtual events, which take place typically on Facebook and Zoom and YouTube, or you can also uh, find the, the live videos 
on YouTube or again, bluetalks.com. So thanks so much for joining us today. And finally, I wanted to remind you that this episode was brought to you by the Book of Why and How, which you can find at thebookofwhy.com. Thank you, everyone. Have a magical day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.